Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to speak your word, to come into knowing who you are, to grow more in our relationship with you. We know that it is through your word that we overcome the enemy, that we know the knowledge, the understanding, we have the, the wisdom to fight this battle of the flesh and the spirit to be able to stay fortified with truth against all that the enemy is trying to do. We pray that this word will penetrate the hearts of those who listen and that will give them the empowerment and encouragement to continue to walk out your will. We give you the glory and the honor. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So this amazing word that um, God has allowed me to be able to share tonight, I believe will encourage each person who listen, but also enlighten us. Because a lot of times we get so used to the routines, customs, whether it's in our jobs, our family life, uh, our, our, our relationships, even in our, you know, church, if you will, congregation type says we get so used to the, the routine and patterns that we, we draw into ourselves or we bring onto ourselves things that God never called us to have stuff that he never wanted us to experience. And sometimes he does allow us to go through things. We draw it, he allows it. And the purpose is so that not only we grow in our relationship with him, but at the end of the day, he gets all the glory and the honor. You know, whether we give it to him or, you know, he has to take it, but he's going to get his glory. The Bible says he shared his glory with no man, right? But I want to talk tonight about the power of thought, you know, the power of the thinking process that we have as believers, as those who walk in this faith. You know, we talk a lot about speak it, name it, claim it, say it, declare it, cast it down. But a lot of us don't realize the significance that exists in the thought itself before we even speak the words, before we even declare anything. And I'm going to start with reading uh, about Job. And when I got this word, it was such a shock to me because we all hear about how Job suffered tremendously through the attacks of Satan that was allowed to happen by God. And we can all recall that Job was considered a righteous man. That's, that's the name. When you think of Job, you think of trials and tribulations worse than anybody we've probably known, and you think of him being a righteous man. But I want to read to you guys something that about Job that isn't talked about often, and it really exemplifies the power of a thought, all right? But first, let's look at what the writer says about Job. In verse 1, uh, Job chapter 1, it says, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. Now, I'm just going to stop right there because you don't hear too many people in the Bible that when the first sentence, the first description comes out about this individual, that they're really esteemed in such a way that they were almost considered absolutely perfect. The Bible says he was blameless and upright. 
And he feared God and shunned evil. So Job had a ritual, a routine. He was accustomed to following whatever God had told him to do. And he was consistent in it so much so that that was the first thing you hear about Job when you read uh, the first sentence of the first chapter. And that's important to realize because, like I said, there aren't a lot of people who get that type of recognition. They don't get pointed out like that. You know, it's it's usually a story that comes along, how they fail, they went through some things, they went through some trials. But we actually hear that Job is a righteous and perfect person in the things that he did according to God. And then we go on and we read and we hear about Job's story, how you know, Satan went before God and he said, where do you come from? And he said, I've been going to and fro the earth, walking about. And God said, have you considered my servant Job, which is in verse eight? He said, there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. He says, so Satan answered to the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? And he said he feared him because he had a hedge around him. So then, as we read on, we'll find out that Job was attacked by Satan because the hedge was, was removed and Job lost everything. He had so much land, so much money. He had a huge family, you know, and he lost it all because Satan was given the green light to attack Job. But I want you guys to realize that even in Job's perfection, even in his walk, with God and how he did things, Job had a had a flaw. He had a flaw which is very consistent with what many of us have a flaw, the same flaw that many of us have today. And that is our thought process. It's our mindset. All right. And I'm going to show you this right here in a Job chapter three, verse 25. Job made a statement that really made me think differently about Job. Not in so much of a negative way, but more so in a relatable way. Because I can't relate to Job with all the money that he had, the wealth and prosperity in the land, but I can relate to Job and what he said in this verse. He said, what I have feared has come upon me. See, Job was actually thinking in the back of his head. Every time he did what God called him to do. He walked this upright path. He followed the road God had put him on. He stayed consistent. He had a thought in his mind that something that I don't want to happen could possibly happen to me. He had a fear. His actions was lined out perfect, as the Bible says. There was none like him on the earth. But in his head, he was thinking some things that wasn't righteous. He was fearing the loss, the struggle, the trials, and the things. What if this happens to me? What if I lose my family? What if I lose my wealth? What if I lose my estate? You know, and people turn their back on me. What if this happened? Job has some, he had an issue. And if we're honest enough, we all can admit that we live in Job's shoes or at one point lived in his shoes. We are thinking, well, what if this happens to me? What if I have to experience this sickness? What if I have to experience this loss financially? What if I never 
reconcile my marriage? What if my health just goes completely down the drain? And Job had the same thought as all of us. And eventually it happened. It came on him. And it's, it's something so important to realize the power of thought. And Job went, you know, most of the chapter complaining, justifying himself. Didn't really agree, didn't like the fact that he was going through the things, but never realizing. And you can tell because he continues to complain, never realizing that his thought was part of the reason he was going through the situation he went through. In Romans 12, 2, this is why Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, when Job got hit with that storm, when he got hit with that trial, that tribulation, he acted on a mindset that was consistent with the world. He started complaining. He started whining. He was frustrated and completely missing the fact that it's really God's will that you go through things. It's God's will that you endure stuff because he is God. He chooses what he wants to do when he does it. You know, the Bible says that he make the rain fall on the just and the unjust, the sun on the just and the unjust. And we need to really understand this because Job prolonged his test. He prolonged his trial, his suffering and the things he went through. Because his thoughts was taking him places and causing him to say things that went against the will of God. Up until that trial, he was blameless through his actions and through the ways that he carried himself. But when his thoughts became his reality, he stopped walking in the path that God had called him. And like I said, if we're honest enough, we all look at our own personal life. We can relate to Job exactly just like this. We have these thoughts of the things that are occurring, especially today, with all that's going on in the world, in our communities, our jobs, the government, the systems. And these thoughts run through our mind, especially if, you know, you're someone that's constantly on social media or you're turning on mainstream media and all these different updates about what's going on in the world. It's easy to derive a thought that will say, well, this could happen to me. I hope this don't happen to me. You know, I'm afraid that this may take place in my life. And if we're not careful with those thoughts, we can bring those thoughts into reality. And mind you, yes, Job had feared something tremendous in his life and it came on him. God allowed it. But the test just continued to go on and on and the suffering because Job didn't stop and justify God. Instead, he justified himself. And that's because of where his mindset was as he went into the trial, when he went into the situation. This is why it says in the Bible, consider the pure joy whenever you go through trials of any kind. We can't even consider the pure joy 
if our mind is in the right place before we even get into the trial. Similar situation to Jesus Christ. He knew he was going to the cross. It wasn't no mystery. It wasn't like Job's situation where all of a sudden, boom, he was hit with something. No, he knew that when he came to earth, he was going to the cross. But the thoughts of what he had to endure drove him into the Garden of Gethsemane and caused him to pray so hard that he sweated blood because he didn't want to go. He had a thought process knowing of what was going to happen on that cross. The pain, the suffering, the agony. But obviously being the son of God, his mindset was different and he was able to make a switch better than Job was because he said in the end, nevertheless, thy will be done. We have to know no matter what we pray and ask God for to overcome, to get through, we have to know that it's important to tell ourselves before anybody else, God's will be done and not our will. And this calls us to change our perspective, our viewpoint on what we go through and keeps us from dragging out something that possibly we were never even called to be in, that we just brought it up on ourselves. Our mind has to be set on the things of God and not the things of this world. Like I've said before, there is no such thing as a child of God having to suffer in such a way that they can't do the will of God. Because then he wouldn't be a good father. He wouldn't be a good God. He's going to let the rain come on you, absolutely. He's going to let you have some sunshine. But he's not going to leave you stranded like orphans to where you can't even function anymore. God don't operate like that. That's the enemy creating these many thoughts in our mind telling us this is how God moves. This is how he works. And he does it through all the theatrics that we see in society. You know, I've said it before. You got the people who say, well, you know, the pastors die from this disease and other preachers and church members and all these other kind of people suffer from this. You know, you got people who did no wrong and went to prison, all these different things we look at and we end up justifying our own self and our own situation. You know, we have to know that our mind has to stay on God's word and his will. In Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. said, so if there be any excellence, it says, if there be any work, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You know, when I look around at what's going on in the world today and I see stuff happening in social media, I don't see anything or almost nothing that I can say, you know what, that's worthy of praise. Most of it is lies, it's hypocrisy, it's redundancy. There's no forward progress. There's so much conflict. There's so much confusion. But he's saying that we have to get to the truth, the honorable, the just, the pure, the lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. Said we have to get to these things and think on them, dwell on them, meditate on them. And then when we are hit with the storm, we know that God is still good. And we're not putting ourselves in this place of why me? Why I had to go through this? What did I do wrong? Why am I suffering? 
how come somebody else ain't going through it? That's the life Job was had transitioned to from that blemish and righteousness because, like I said, he said it himself, what I have feared has come upon me. You know, the Bible tells us clearly that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if, it, if, if that's the word and it tells us that as clear as it is, and Job says, I have feared the loss, the struggle, the suffering, then he, being a righteous man, upright and blameless, and no one like him on the earth, still has some issues. It just were internal, in, internal issues. You know, they were inside of him. Things we couldn't ne necessarily see, but his actions reflected what he believed. We got to understand the power of a thought and how significant it is and how it can drive us in a place and keep us there well beyond God's time and perfect. He didn't want, I, I don't believe for a moment God wanted Job to spend that much time suffering. You know, the little boy comes along and he tries to help Job recognize what time it is that God is in control, that he's sovereign, he does what he wants. And Job still didn't grab it. And God had to show up himself and explain to Job that he is the first and the last, the beginning and he controls all things. Ephesians 4, 22, it says, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You got to put off the old. You got to put off the old way of thinking. I'm a firm believer that if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, and it hasn't produced the fruit that God has called us to, then we will never reach the place in this life God has called us to. You know, just like, you know, Moses. Moses had an anger problem. He had a temper. That temper caused him to kill a man when he was in Egypt. And that same temper that he refused to put aside kept him out of the promised land. It was all about his thinking. He was so frustrated with how the Israelites were acting, but don't realize God has something bigger for him beyond what the Israelites was dealing with. Yeah, they were acting up. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to destroy Moses because they couldn't get past that old way of thinking. At the end of the day, it was about Moses. Because all the other Israelites didn't even get into the promised land. They died in the wilderness. So our thought process and how we perceive things, how we recognize the situation, the fears that the enemy brings to us that we harbor inside can keep us from what God has called us to have. It can cause us to go down a path and suffer in a way for an extended period of time that wasn't meant for us. That wasn't designed for us. In Philippians 2.5, it says, have this mind among yourselves, 
which is yours in Christ Jesus. The word of God tells us we can have the same mind as Christ. Yes, you don't want to go through the storm. Yes, you don't want to suffer. You don't want to go through these trials and tribulations. But nevertheless, God's will be done and not ours. That's critical. That's extremely important. Because how we see the situation we go through will really determine how we come out on the other side. You know, when Christ went to the cross, had he not had the mindset of God, your will above my will, he never would have told them, forgive these people for they know not what they do. And just being human, he probably never even went, would have went to the cross because he knew what was coming. He wanted that cup to pass. We are living in perilous times. There's no doubt about that. Anybody who doesn't agree is willfully blind. But our thoughts can determine a significant amount of what happens to us in these perilous times. We got to trust God no matter what. Our thought process got to be, I'm going to trust him regardless. We got to be like Daniel in the lion's den. He didn't change his routine of worshiping God. No matter what mandate came out, no matter what the uh, the people who worked on the staff with him tried to do to manipulate uh, the king to get him to sign these decrees. He didn't alter. He didn't shift. He didn't adjust. He didn't try to make sure that it was tweaked in such a way that he could still worship God and not offend other people or maybe worship God in such a way that they didn't know. He stayed consistent with what he believed to be true about God. And when he was thrown into the lion's den, he was protected. And when he came out, he elevated. God rose him up to another level because of his consistent faithfulness of what he believed. He didn't change his thoughts. He didn't walk in fear. He didn't walk in anxiety. If he did, he wouldn't have made it through the lion's den. So the power of a thought is truly significant. Yes, life and death is in the tongue. But many of us will kill our dreams, destroy our health, you know, create sicknesses in our lives because of the things that we have in our head. Because of all the different things we allow to drive us in our minds. Anxiety. That's one of the biggest things people are dealing with right now. Is this anxiousness of what might happen, may happen. Can't see the future, have no absolute clue whatsoever what's going to be five minutes from now, but stuck in a place where they can't put one foot in front of the other because they're worried about what may happen. And, and 10 minutes after, 10 minutes later, it never happened. And that's the enemy. Because as the word of God said, he has not given us that kind of spirit. To dwell in this place of defeat, frustration, of fear, of weakness. We have to be bold and courageous in this season. And the only way we can do that is to start off with the right mindset. 
with the right mentality. Or else we lost the battle before we even got into the fight. Job was losing the battle every time the enemy came up against him. Because he's going back to his mind and saying, oh, this is what I feared would happen. We need to take all our cares, whatever we have in our minds that, that we're concerned about, and we need to cast them on God and leave them there. Say our prayers, asking God for what we desire. Leave it there and thank him that it's done. Don't go back and dig it up. Don't go back and try to rehearse the prayer. And try to perfect it. We've already given it to him. We put it on his table and now we leave it there. And we walk forward knowing above all things, his will above ours. And this gives us so much peace. This keeps us in a place of having joy when everything else is falling apart. When everything else is being destroyed, we're still standing with joy that only comes from the Lord by way of the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to encourage you guys with that word because like I said, when I got it, it was such a profound word for me because I never saw Job like that. I've read the scripture, but you know, when you read the Bible, it's like reading a whole nother book every time you read it. God gives you something new, something powerful, and it's always for the season of the moment in which you're in. Now, you've probably read the scripture 25 times, but it's new every time with a new purpose. That's such an amazing thing. I've never read a book in my life where Every time I read it, I found something deeper or something new. I used to watch a lot of action movies. And, you know, I'm trying to watch them over and over again, see if I can catch something better. Maybe a different move or something new. Or maybe, you know, I didn't catch the conspiracy. Or maybe they got something hidden in there. But I never find anything new. It doesn't give me any different kind of feeling or insight or wisdom. But when I read the word, wow. There we go. Read that scripture tons of times, but here's a different meaning. So let's work on those thoughts of what's keeping us in a place of defeat or in a place of suffering, but we have no joy. We have no peace. You know, God doesn't want us to be in that situation. We're going to go through the storm. That's inevitable. You cannot walk this faith and not go through a storm. But how we respond in the storm really starts with the way we believe and the things that continually run through our mind. So again, I'm going to encourage everybody, you know, unless you got to watch the news because it's job related, stop watching the news. There's nothing new that they're going to tell you about. It's all going to be the same thing. Problems, suffering, struggles, conspiracies, lies. It hasn't changed in I don't know how long. And they're going to continue to do that because ultimately, this is how the enemy controls people. Through fear. Flashing lights of, hey, this is what's coming. This is what's happening. None of this is irrelevant to the children of God, period. 
It doesn't stop us from being who he called us to be. It doesn't stop us for the will that God has on our life. It can't. It has no authority. The only time we fail to move forward in doing his will is when we allow the thoughts in our head to become our reality and act on things contrary to the word of God. That's it. It didn't matter what Satan did to, to Job. He took everything from him. But at the end of the day, Job still had a decision to make. Was he going to stand on God's word and justify God or was he going to justify himself? And we saw what his decisions were. So we got a race to run. We got a faith to hold on to. And it starts in our mind. It starts with the thoughts that we have inside our head. It says in Proverbs 23.7, it's for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You guys know what hypochondria is? person that continually have this anxiety about their health and sickness. And they think of it so much and so often that they bring that very sickness on themselves. I could imagine how many people show up to the ER because of thought-provoked sicknesses. The power of thought is amazing. So I thank everybody for listening tonight. I'm, I'm grateful to be here to give this word. Um, it's an encouraging word for me. Um, I pray that it encourage each of you and that we will continue to work on what we think about. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us another day. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for this word. Thank you for understanding the magnitude of a thought. Lord, I pray that this word will be fruit, food, substance that will encourage, strengthen, and enable the believer to be bold for your word. We give you the glory.